We are in a series, um, I, just once again, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, if this is your first time at Shine Church, sit back and enjoy what God has for you. We have been running this entire year with this theme, and the theme is this, come with me. It's Jesus's invitation to say, hey, come along with me. Come do life with me. Let me be a part of, of your life. And in the middle of this series, we've changed different focuses. Um, recent, most recently, we spoke on the Holy Spirit. And currently, we're in a little portion called Transformed. Because here's what we began to realize. That in order to take this good news and this good message of Jesus Christ into this hurt and lost world, we actually have to be transformed ourselves. Amen? And when that happens, it actually gives us the power and the authority and the ability to speak to other people. It's not that God wants us to go out into a world and try to tell people things that we don't know. He wants us to go out into a world and tell people things that we do know because he's touched our lives in those things. And this is a work in progress always. A few weeks back, I read 2 Corinthians 3.18, and it, I'll read it again. It says this, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, I just want to make sure, I don't know if I did a, a real good job of, of really speaking this, this section of verse out and kind of spelling it out. But when it says that we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, the picture I get with that is that it's not a transformation that happens overnight and boom, you're just changed into uh, this incredibly Christ follower. It's a process that goes from having a revelation and an understanding and a transformation to having a understanding, a revelation and a transformation to getting an understanding, a revelation, transformation. And it's a growth and progress. How many of you, by show of hands, are a work in progress in here? Okay. I, there was only two or three people I won't bring them out that didn't raise their hand. So I, we're, all, we're all growth in process. And um, just again, just a quick reminder, the mentor that I get with on a monthly basis when I was telling him that we were going to kind of go into this series, he, he goes, man, oh man, this is, this is my heartbeat. He goes, I love transformation. And he shared with me that God will deconstruct our lives. And he deconstructs our lives so that then Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, can reconstruct our lives. And the power and the, the things that he paid for reconstructs our lives. And then the Holy Spirit, the gift that we were given because Jesus died and rose again, the gift of the Holy Spirit then comes in and actually reveals the transformation into our life. And I thought it was just such a great picture of how the whole Trinity absolutely works in our lives in this process of transformation. And so in the last few weeks, we've cover, covered humility. That was a fun one, yeah? Are you guys really good at humility now? Uh, we talked about religious freedom. We talked about trusting in the Lord. And this week, and uh, give it away a little bit, this week and next week. Uh, this one was so rich, we feel like we need to do two weeks on this one. Um, this week, we're going to start the, the idea that God wants to transform us in the area of repentance. In the area of repentance. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been in church uh, for a long, long time, and I have heard the word repentance, or I've heard the word repent uh, many, many times. 
But it's funny because even as the teaching team, as we were getting together and we were talking about this, uh, I don't know up until this study if I could have really defined it really well for you. We hear we need to repent. As a matter of fact, we'll see guys on the street corner, right? If we go to a Broncos game, go to a Nuggets game, walk out, certainly there'll be somebody on the corner at some place with a megaphone, repent, right? And they'll use that verbiage. But exactly what does that mean? And so um, if you're new to the church, we are very interactive and we like to pass around microphones. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and pass the microphones around at this time. Um, And here's my question to you. When you hear the word repentance or repent, um, what what does that mean? What what comes to mind when I say that we're going to talk about being transformed in the area of repentance? What thoughts come to mind? Uh, maybe it's a good thought. Maybe it's a negative thought. Uh, but what, if you would be willing to share, what are the thoughts that come to mind when I say the word repentance? And remember, just to state your name so everybody knows who you are. Uh, my name is Sarah. And I think about repentance as um, realizing I'm going the wrong way and turning around. Okay. Um, Acknowledging that um, I'm not obeying the Lord, so, okay. or acknowledging that um, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, it, acknowledging that I'm not in alignment with God's will and that I need to stop what I'm doing and do the opposite. <laughs> stop, and usually go the other way, right? Stop what I'm doing and go 180 degrees the other way, yeah? Okay. Somebody else? Uh, this is Gabriel, and... Uh, Gabriel, this is your first time here, yes? Yes. Grabbing the mic. Give him a hand right there. That's awesome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Shine. So, um, about repentance, for me, it's like um, realizing that the way I've been going is not um, fulfilling me or the people around me. So, I need to turn around and accept Jesus so that I can, um, you know, tell others about him and be more like him. That's perfect. Oh, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Somebody else, repent. Okay, I'm glad we're talking about this. Somebody else, okay, up here. Hi, I'm Shanti. Kind of like they said, is to like fix a wrong. Fix to a right wrong. wrong. Okay. In Jesus. To right name a wrong. To fix a wrong. Okay. It's good. It's how I it's good. got it. Anybody else over here? Sorry, over here. Keep your hand up, Katie, so they can see you. Ben, what are you doing back there? You just no, just. <laughs> <laughs> Make it Jordan do all the work. Um, it's interesting. I We were just watching some videos, and he was talking about this person that was sharing. He was talking about confession and repentance, and um, he kind of gave a thing that I hadn't heard before. I don't know if I'll get it exactly right, but it's something like um, us, confession being us telling the truth about what we think, what we're going through, what we feel, um, and God, and giving that to God, and letting him give us back his truth like sometimes what we're 
you know, like confessing whatever it is, you know, telling the truth about what's happening in our lives or a fear or whatever it is or sin and um, giving that to God and letting him give back uh, to us his truth about it and like so change sharing, our thinking about it. So sharing our truth with the Lord, yeah. but then letting he, him share his truth with us. Right. Replacing Ooh. it with and his replacing truth, with ours with his truth. Ooh, yeah. I'll and so that changes our thinking. Love that. That's really good. Okay, Mike Earners, you can stay back there because I'm going to ask a second question real quick. Um, here's the dictionary definition of repentance. Um, I just, on my back, I hit a little shortcut button and I say define repentance. And here's what it comes up with. The action of repenting, sincere regret or remorse. And so I was like, well, since the definition of repentance says the action of repenting, let's look into repent. So what does repent mean? Dictionary defined, it means this. Feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. This is the dictionary definition of repent or repentance. Now let me ask you, do you agree with this definition, disagree, and why or why not? Lift your hand if you would. I'm John, and I don't really agree with that because I think there has to be action. Uh, it's, it's not just enough to be sorry for what you've done, but you, know, you need to make a change. You can't continue going the same way you are and being sorry for that. Uh, it, it requires action and a change of our hearts. Okay, that's really good. Um, and see, church, why is this important? Um, because the Bible speaks about repentance a lot. Um, matter of fact, one of the very first things Jesus said, we'll talk about it in a little bit. One of the very first things Jesus said is repent for the kingdom of God is near. And so he actually, he actually commands us to repent. And so if we have this definition in our mind as that's what repent is, then maybe it falls short. Is it what you're saying, John? He wants the mic back. Um, yep. <laughs> one example coming to mind is Judas, right? Judas was sorry for betraying Christ, but he didn't change his heart. You know, so <clears throat> he ended up in a place where that's he probably really didn't good, want to be. Really good example. That's good. Somebody else. Yep. Hi, Gabriel again. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel, you're going to be one of my favorite if you keep grabbing that mic. <laughs> so um, I kind of felt um, like um, I kind of agree with that, but also not because... Um, yes, you need to feel sorry, but you also need to put action after feeling, feeling sorry. It's like if you were a robber in an alley and um, this guy comes up to you and says, what if I were to tell you, if you stop robbing and you come work for me, you can have a better life and be more rich. Would you, would you keep robbing or would you work? for the money instead. That's what I want to do. I want to work for it. Okay. That's good. I love that picture of that. That's good. Anybody else? Agree, disagree with this definition? I'm Nicole. I disagree with this because repentance is a gift. And, you know, because it because it's like, the, I can't remember the verse, but the sins that so easily entangle us, those things that were Paul, where Paul talks about, it's like God's trying to strip us down you know, to so that we run unencumbered, and so you know, just what I've experienced, his 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 leading to us repentance is a beautiful gift that is unlike the world's definition. So. 
That's really good. Are you going ahead in my notes and reading ahead? No. If you want to follow along, by the way, you can scan the QR code and you can see the notes and where we're going and what's going. That's very good. Anybody else want to add anything about the definition of repentance right here? Hey, I'm Rylan. Um, I disagree with this definition because I feel like repentance also requires an action of changing one's mindset. You know, when you're in the middle of this thing that you're like, no, I need to feel regret. I need to feel remorse. It's not just feeling that way. It's also changing your mindset to say, this is how I should feel. This is how I should think. This is how I should act. And it's changing the entire mindset. Repentance is an action of changing how you um, see yourself and how God, how, how you think God sees you. That was really good. Yeah. Okay. Ryland, you need to repent from reading ahead in the notes because you're going exactly where we're going. That's really good. That's awesome. Um, okay. Let's, let's jump into this a little bit. Um, and again, we're going we're gonna to take two weeks on this because I think it's such a deep... Um, portion of what I believe God wants to transform in our lives. And so my hope this weekend is that we would really kind of walk away from the service with an understanding of what repentance is and what it means to repent. Because we hear a lot of preachers, it was interesting because even um, we were, we, Kim and I were talking to our daughter today on the phone and she was explaining one of the outreaches that were going on and, and she said, we, we took some time to just pray about things and we were gonna pray a specific direction and then she said these words, but we ended up just uh, praying prayers of repentance over things. Wh- what does that mean? I, what does what does that really really mean? When we say that, I, and I think there's this understand thing. Well, okay, there's some of the things that we've been talking about. Maybe there was some remorse. Maybe there was some uh, regret of things that we did, and we want to turn the other way. Maybe we're trying to line our minds up to what God has. But when somebody says, um, "Oh yeah, just a time of repentance broke out in prayer," wh- what does that really mean? And so. Um, I think we need to look at this from a biblical understanding and see what God thinks it means. And then we need to take that and apply it into our lives. And next week we're going to get into, okay, so how do we apply repentance and repenting? How do we apply that into our lives and what does that mean and what does that look like, okay? Um, So I looked into this and I did some study. And I thought, well, okay, let's take a look, Old Testament versus New Testament, and God did some really, really cool things. I'm hoping that I can um, relate this to you uh, in a way that really hit me, because I was so excited by doing this study. Um, as many of you know, I go to BibleHub.com, and I start to look into these verses, and I look into the Hebrew in the Old Testament, I look into the Greek for the New Testament, and I start pulling things apart. Um, here's what I found out. In the Old Testament, the word repent, um, it, it's a Hebrew word. There's, there's actually two words. If you look up repent, you'll get two different Hebrew words that, that we translate into repent. Um, and the first one is shub. Shub. And it means to turn back, somebody said, to turn back um, and to return. So uh, the idea of actually going, okay, I am not doing what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to totally turn back and go back the other way. Now, interesting, this idea of turning back, this word repent, this, this idea of turning away, going the other direction, it is used 1,056 times in the Old Testament. 
So it's not just a few. It's 1,056 times. I want to use one of them and give you a picture of what this looks like because I think it's really important to understand what the believers were dealing with in the Old Testament before Jesus Christ came and the power of what he accomplished, which is what I'm hoping to get to where you would be super excited and be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. All right, so Ezekiel 14. Um, Ezekiel is given a word uh, regarding the Jewish people and how they are living their lives. And I'm gonna pick up a chapter 14, verse one, and it says this. Then certain of the elders of Israel came to me, to, to Ezekiel, and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, these men have taken their idols into their hearts and they set, and set the stumbling block of their iniquity before their faces. Should I indeed let them sorry, should I indeed let myself be consulted by them? Therefore speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, any one of the house of Israel who takes his idols into his heart and sets the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and yet comes to the prophet, I the Lord will answer him as he comes with the multitude of his idols. Uh, how many of you know that's not gonna be a good thing? Um, then he says, that I may lay hold of the heart of the house of Israel who are all estranged from me through their idols. Then he says this, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent and turn away from your idols and turn away your faces from all your abominations. Now, what's interesting, if you can leave that last verse up, What's interesting about this last verse is that in our English, we have repent and turn away from your idols and turn away your faces from your abomination. If you actually look up the Hebrew, this last verse, the last half of this verse would read this way. Repent and repent from your idols and repent from your abominations. It's the same word. Now they take it and use once, repent. The other times turn away. But here's the bottom line. God is saying, if you've got idols in your life, if you're putting things into your life in the Old Testament, he was instructing the people, you need to turn away three times in a half a verse. You need to turn away and turn away from your idols and turn away from your abominations. Do you get the picture of that? And so this is how God would deal with the people in regards to things that they struggled with in their lives. He would tell them to turn away. He would tell them, you need to stop walking in that direction. You need to get rid of that thing and walk in an absolute opposite direction from that. And that is all the Israelites knew and could do. The other word for repent was the, root, the Hebrew word nakam, which means to be sorry or to console oneself. It's used 108 times, and it's just used when people were sorry for what they did. Anybody ever feel sorry for what you do? Okay. Uh, and so it was almost kind of like this idea of a regret, um, and that's where the word repent would come in. But over a thousand different times in the Old Testament, there was this idea of turning away. And so I wanted to give you the picture. Before Jesus Christ came into the scene, the only way that we as human beings could try to be right with God is to literally turn away from the things that we were doing and try to do something different. Does that make sense? Now, here's something really interesting. I could not find in the Old Testament the word repentance. 
Okay, just keep that in your, your head. Now let's look in the New Testament. Repentance. Look that word up. It's the word metanoia. And it means this. It means to literally change your mind. Repentance. Now, um, I want to read you a verse in which this word is used to give you the context of, of what this word looks like and what it means. Romans 2, 4 through 5. And I'm sure you've heard this. It's very common. It says, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Ever heard that verse? That it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, right? Verse 5 says, but because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Okay, so the kindness there means goodness, ex excellence, uprightness, gentleness. The word unrepentant means this, that you won't change your mind. And the word repentance there means that you literally have a change of mind. Okay, now here's what's really wild about this. Quickly, without looking at the notes, how many of you think that that word repentance is a verb, an action? It's an action, something you do, okay? How many of you think it's a noun, person, place, or thing? How many of you just have no idea? Okay, because I was like, okay, we're not getting the full, full room in here. Um, okay, here's what's really cool, guys. Now, get the picture. In the Old Testament, I can't find the word repentance. In the New Testament, repentance, it's used 22 different times, and it is a noun. Now, here's what that means. That repentance, someone over here spoke to this, that repentance is a gift of God given to you and I. It's something that is given to us. Now, what does this look like then? It looks like this. When Jesus died and he rose again from the grave, not only did he give us the gift of salvation, not only did he give us the gift of faith, but he gave us the gift of a changed mind. Get the picture of this. Because in the Old Testament, he didn't even deal with their minds. He dealt with their actions. And the only way they could get right before the Lord is to turn away and go the other way. But because of what Jesus has done, he's enabled us to actually receive in us the gift to have a new mind. Oh, is that good? Man, and it's not anything that you and I do. This is... A, coming to an understanding that because of the goodness of God, his kindness gives us the gift of a changed mind. His kindness leads to repentance. His kindness leads to a change of thinking. Here's another verse where that is used. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. This is speaking about end times. It's speaking, I think right before this, talks about how the, to the Lord, a day is like a thousand and a thousand days is like a day to the Lord. And then it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Everybody say amen. amen. And not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So here's the good news. 
God loves you so much that he sent Jesus, his son, to give us this gift of repentance, and he is not in a hurry for you and I to get it. Okay, I thought that would be better than that. He is patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to perish, and he wants everyone to come to thinking differently. Now, what's interesting is right after that, he starts talking about we won't know the day nor the hour. So I would submit, and in my, uh, my pastoral heart, I'm like, get this soon, okay? Uh, I, God, I understand, is very patient. I'm like, no, you gotta get it tonight. Do not leave without having to change mind. Uh, and so, but here's the really cool thing. God wants us to understand that in order to even start to repent, and we're gonna get into the action of, of what it looks like in just a minute. In order to even begin that, we have to first embrace intellectually that God so loved us that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe him would not perish but have eternal everlasting life and an ability to think differently. Ah, all these scriptures started to come to mind as I was doing this study. You know what, now we have direct access to who? The Father. Okay, what does that mean? It means we don't have to go to the high priest anymore. See, let's go back to the Old Testament. These people, you and I, just like that, if we were in the Old Testament, here's what's going on. We would do dumb things, and then we would have to go to the high priest to hear from him how bad it was. What sacrifice is what I did? What, what do I need to repent and turn away and do differently? We, we didn't have that direct access. Because of what Jesus has done, we have the direct access, which means now we have the thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives to transform us in this area of repentance. Jesus said, it's better that I go so that you could receive this gift. And then he says this about the Holy Spirit. And he will tell you all things. What does that mean? It means that he will tell you how God wants you to think. Whoever said it over here talked about the fact that we need to take our thoughts and give them to God, but then we need to let his thoughts come and replace our thoughts with his. This is the act of repentance. It's taking God's thoughts and removing our thoughts and putting his thoughts into our brain. So easy to say and really hard to live, yes? On a day-to-day -day basis? All right, let's look at the word repent. It's the Greek word metaneo, and it means to change one's mind or purpose. So as you can see, repentance and repent, it means to change your mind. It actually comes from two different words, which means uh, meta, which means changed after being with. Oh, guys, get this comes from two words. It means changed after being with, and then noeo, which means to think. Basically, it means that you think differently after. After a change of mind to reopen, literally think differently afterwards. It's used 34 times, and basically here's what it means, is that when you're close to someone and it changes your thought, and you think differently because you had that interaction. Okay, we, it, we see these things in day-to-day -day life with personal relationships where we will get with somebody and somebody will tell us about how great a restaurant is and we'll go to that and now we think differently about that particular restaurant, yes? Because we 
got close with that person, we heard something. Spouses in a marital relationship, um, how many times have you had maybe little arguments or discussions and coming out of it, um, one, if not both of you, think differently because you had that close interaction. We need to take this to our relationship with the Lord because what this literally means is when you graft yourself into Jesus Christ and you're close with him, he will come in and you will think differently. I was thinking about this as I was studying this. This in itself, how do I say this? This in itself kind of gives a bad mark on the church capital C church. Because if we're supposed to be the ones that are close to Jesus, then we should have some of the most radical Jesus thinking people in church. And unfortunately, the church is aligned quite a lot alike with society in many different areas. Yes? Am I okay saying this? If we truly understood this idea of repent it means that we graft ourselves so close to Jesus that we absolutely let him change how we think about things. I am loving our Hot Topics Wednesday. Oh, me too. I was just going to say that. Okay. Do you go? Yeah. <laughs> just, these, these are two individuals right here that absolutely have been going to the Hot Topics class. And I, I, I'm glad that that resonated with you. I'm absolutely loving our to Hot Topics because in our Wednesday, once a month, Hot Topics, third Wednesday of the month, if you want to join us, please uh, let me know and you can sign up. Shine Church, the Life Slash Events, you can sign up. Um, but here's what we're doing. We're learning how to apply Jesus into Hot Topic areas of, the, of our society that we live in. And what is happening is there is this incredible humility and these discussions have been absolutely amazing. And what's very interesting is that people are leaving that meeting with this testimony. I've heard this probably three or four times, if not more. Um, I'm gonna think about this issue differently than when I came in tonight. This is what this is. This is what repenting is, is getting into a relationship with the Lord in regards to um, what he would see and then allowing him to change the way that we think about certain things. Are you guys okay with that? Because here's the truth. I like to think the way that I want to think. And I don't like what Katie said about taking my thoughts and giving them to the Lord and replacing them with his thoughts. No, I like to tell the Lord what I think and therefore how he should think. That's me. I'm not saying any of you do that. This is just me. Um, but <laughs> God, man, what such a cool word right there. Repent. I, we hear the word repent, and I don't even know if we really know. I mean, we literally had three hands raise up when I said, what do you think when you hear the word repent? Three in this whole room. I hope that after tonight, when you hear the word repent, you'll be able, I'll tell you what it means. It means be close to Jesus and let him change your mind. That's what it means. And so when a pastor or somebody comes up and says, repent, you'll be like, okay, what do I need to think differently about? I, I, just open your heart and your mind to that idea because that's what that actually means. Used scripturally, Mark 1.15. The time has come. This is Jesus. I referred to this earlier, but Mark 1, 15, one of the very first things Jesus ever said. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent 
and believe the good news. Okay, so what is he saying there? The time has come near. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Think differently and believe. He, he was going right. At, this is what they heard. We, we hear this word repent, and we don't get the picture of this. And I hope I'm doing this in an adequate way. But I want you to hear, when you hear the word repent, I want you to hear think differently. Because that's what they heard. When Jesus told them, the kingdom of heaven is near, so repent. They heard, the kingdom of heaven is near. I need to think differently than I have been. Now, if you go back to what they were living, that totally transformed. That was radical. I sometimes think we miss how radical of a statement that was. Because anytime they had heard repent up until that time, it meant to turn away. Stop doing what you're doing and do something else. No, Jesus said, no, I want you to think differently. Believe the good news. Believe the good news. You know, I think sometimes people in church have a hard time believing the good news. I, you know, many times we, th- we know what we're supposed to think, but do we really? And maybe God is just challenging all of us right now um, God, change the way I think and let me believe it. Let me really believe and let me operate from your thoughts and not mine. Let me believe from your thoughts and not the circumstances that are around me. Man, what a difference we could make in the world if we actually thought the way that God wanted us to think. Uh, Revelations. So the last book in the Bible, Revelation 3, 14 through 20, very common scripture. I'm sure you've heard this one too. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, it's right. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I'm gonna stop real quick because why would somebody get to a place where they wouldn't allow the the thoughts of God to actually change how they think things because they get so complacent or they get so comfortable in what they have that they'd stop letting the Lord change them. And this is what happened. And this is the, the thing they had against, that the Lord had against this church. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and what? and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and solve to put on your eyes so you can see. Listen to these next two verses. Those who I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and change how you think. Be earnest and let me come in and change how you think. And this is the very next thing he says. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now we use verse 20 a lot of times for salvation, but I'm going to submit to you tonight that maybe 20 goes with 19 and is basically this. Hey, the Lord wants us to come to him with an earnesty and an understanding that he wants to change how we think and what he wants us to think is that in whatever area of our life that we're struggling, he is there standing at the door knocking. 
And all we have to do is allow him to come in. And if we will allow him to come in, if we'll partner with him in that particular area, he will give us the gift of repentance, a changed mind. And then all we have to do is line our thoughts up with what he tells us to. This should be incredibly freeing, church, and I hope I'm communicating well. Because here's the truth. So many times we try to change our lives the Old Testament way. We know we're not doing something right, so therefore, what do we do? We address the sin issue in our life, and we try to be better. We try to change. We try to move direction. Oh, I should repent, so I got to go the other way. I'm not going to do that anymore. And this is what Romans says. Every time that you try to resist something in your flesh, it actually entices it. It actually creates a desire. For instance, if you want to, let's say, pick any little addiction that you have or little habit. The second you say, I'm going to quit this, what is the only thing you think about all day long? So that you finally say, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do it because I'm tired of thinking about it. Right? Because it just consumes you because we are doing it in your flesh. And anytime you try to do something in your flesh, it just it starts to consume you. It becomes the thing you think about. It's the thing you can't get away from. But what Jesus is saying is this. I knock at the door, church, of those areas. And if you will invite me into that area, then I will give you the gift of what you should think about, repentance, and then your only job is to then just believe it. And it's not about trying to do it in your flesh on your own. It's all about trying to do or trying to allow God to speak it and then just believing what he tells you. Yes? Oh, man, I hope the Holy Spirit will just drive this completely in home. You know what? This is what makes Christianity different from all the other religions. So if you think of Hinduism and Buddhism and Taoism and all all of these other isms, um, Here, here's, here's the truth. What their goal is, is to try to get their thought process to line up so that they can get to this place of nirvana. And they're doing it all in the flesh. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to pray several times a day. I'm going to do all of these activities so that I can line my thoughts up according to how put the leader in. And, and listen, many times those things are great things, but here's the truth. When they do that, they're relying on their flesh to get them there. Christianity says, no, I sent Jesus so that you don't have to try to figure out how to think. The Holy Spirit is a gift given to you. Jesus himself said that he will tell you all things Everybody say all. all. How much is all? It's all. And I know as I'm even saying this, some people are thinking, well, he's not speaking to me about this. Stop professing that. God wants to speak to you all things. And the Holy Spirit will let us and help us to have these thoughts. And it's what makes us different from other religions even because it's not based on flesh. It's not about the flesh getting the mind to line up to the flesh. It's all about hearing from God, staying connected with him and letting him change our thoughts. Yeah? Okay, so I'm done with the teaching part. I just want to have a little interaction real quick and then we'll be done. Um, Here's my question. Okay, so if we get this, 
if we understand that repenting um, is to allow God, repentance is God's changing our thoughts, giving us the ability to change our thoughts. Repenting is actually applying that then and believing that. Um, Give me some examples of where this has worked in your life. What is an area in your life where the Holy Spirit has come in and changed the way you've thought about something? And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's for somebody else that you've seen a a change uh, in their mind. Um, But I thought we could end with just a couple examples of how the Holy Spirit has done this in our family here just to kind of encourage one another. And so does anybody have a story of where God has come in and uh, revealed a different way of thinking um, in your life that that you now reap uh, the benefits of those things? Okay, mine's kind of like the one about this is spirit. Rosie, by the oh, way. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Rosie. Uh, the spirit over the flesh, you know, and battling your flesh and having all kinds of stuff come up. And you're, you know, you could be praising the Lord one second and then calling somebody stupid the next. And it's like not at all. You know, that's not spiritual. That's not how we're supposed to be. Anyway, so I was asking the Lord, this is a while ago, um, about it. Like, how do I, how do I overcome this? Like, what do, is it just, just fasting all the time? Because I can't fast all the time. And um, he said, well, I want you to take authority over your flesh. Uh, okay. Like, go in front of the mirror. This, this is a whole thing that, I don't know if this sounds weird, but. So I started doing it. And this is a while ago. I've been doing it for a number of years. And sometimes it works, and sometimes i got to do it more than once. <laughs> go into the mirror, and I say, flesh man of Rose Snyder, you, in the name of Jesus, you sit down and shut up. You go under my soul. And then soul man, mind, will, and emotions you're not going to rule and reign over me today. You're going to sit down under my spirit man. And then I say, spirit man of, Rose, of Rosie Snyder, you rule and reign over the, this triune body, spirit, soul, and body. You keep the soul man underneath you and the flesh man under that. And then you're going to follow Holy Spirit today. And you're going to listen and obey. And then sometimes I got to do it more than one time. I don't know. That's and then just, do you see a change in your life? Oh, I totally do. And sometimes I don't do it because I'm in a hurry or I get up late yeah. or whatever, and I'm all like, Wah! And that's when you call yeah. people stupid. Yes. Yeah, okay. I understand. I, I get it. I, you're not the only one in this room that has called other people stupid. Um, how many of you want to be the little camera behind her mirror at home? I, I would love to, to actually see that. You know, like in the movies where you get, like the, that's, Rosie, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Hi, I'm Shayna. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, something that I just feel like the Lord reminded me of was there was a person in my life that said a lot of hurtful things to me, and I would continually like pray a forgiveness prayer for them, and yet every time I thought of them, I would just be so hurt still, and it was really bothering me for years. Like, Just the thought of this person would bring so much pain, and one day the Lord said to me, the reason they're still hurting you is because you believe their words about you over my words about you. And I was like, I'm so sorry, God, that I elevated this person's belief or their words about me over yours. And the moment I said that prayer, it was like this total freedom and breakthrough where I just felt his truth about who he says I was like wash over me. And that the power that that person had over me was completely gone and it was just like so freeing and I could actually think of them and feel love towards them and um, just not feel hurt at all anymore because I finally believed what God was saying instead of what they were saying. 
Okay, so if I'm getting the picture right, God gave you the gift of repentance yeah. in the statement of you're putting those thoughts above my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. And then you applied that and repented yeah. by believing it and starting to live your life from that. Yeah. And you said freedom came from it. Yeah. This is what God wants. He wants freedom. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's a great illustration of this. Somebody else over here. Two things. My name is Crystal, and um, I've known Rose Snyder since I was in fifth grade. So I just wanted to put to fruition when she was saying stuff like that, like her words and saying things like that, they're so powerful. And as like a young adult and a young woman, when she said things like that and she would speak to us and we would act it out and things like that, it helped us as like young women and youth and I am so appreciative that she spoke today. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Um, real quick, did she ever call you stupid? That's what we <laughs> want to know. Um, or had she always yelled at the mirror when she dealt with you? Just, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I just love no, it. she's a good no, mama. Thank you for that. Thanks for encouraging. Um, hey, by the way, at any point, at any time, in any service, you want to give a shout out to somebody in this room? No matter what the subject matter is, please do it because we edify one another in doing that. Rosie's going to go home and be charged up tonight because of what you <laughs> said, Crystal. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> no right. problem. Um, the second thing is when I was about 18, I went through an internship. And one of the leaders, um, when we were in a small group, she said to me, we were about to pray, and she said this statement. She goes, before I pray, I always say, Lord, silence the mouth of the enemy and silence my mind so that I can hear your voice clearly. And that stuck to me because in that moment, we were all talking about like renewing our mind and hearing and repenting and being like, Lord, how can I hear you? Like, I want to renew my mind. I want to take your words instead of mine. And so that was something that I have been applying for so long that I have seen change for me. So That's when I'm so going, good. I'm like, Lord, silence the mouth of the enemy and silence my mind so I can hear you and not all the other words and opinions and thoughts. That's good. Okay, so just to clarify, the gift of repentance is this idea that the Lord wants to speak to you and the enemy can be silenced if, if we resist him, yes? Yeah. And then the act of repenting is that you are praying that and believing that yes. before you go into prayer. Yes. Okay, this is huge, church, and we're going to get into this next week. But before you go into prayer, before you get into reading your word, we need to repent and believe that God is going to speak to us in these things. Because the enemy loves to hinder us and make us think that we can't pray, that we can't hear from the Lord in the word. Um, and so thank you for sharing that because I think that's a really good, helpful tool as we move in this idea of being transformed in the area of repentance. Yes. Hey. Um, very, oh, sorry. My name is Josh. Sorry, Adam. Um, yeah, super, super like timely word. And I've, I've been in, in the process of just a lot of repentance myself. And I think it's been interesting to sort of recognize the, the burden of repentance and um, I, what I mean by that is that I think I used to think that repentance was sort of 
something that just automatically happened, but I think the, the burden of repentance is when you invite the Holy Spirit into these areas of your life and then he exposes your, you know, fleshly defaults. Um, mm. that they're, the way of the kingdom, which, you know, you were mentioning when it comes to saying, like, behold, there is an, basically there is a new way of thinking and behaving of, of made available to you. So change in accordance to that. But with that comes an expectancy of fruit, the fruit of repentance, you know, and like that's, that's uh, Matthew talks about that. And so I think that I'm learning that there is, uh, I mean, repentance and obedience um, and yielding to the Holy Spirit and renewing your mind, all of those things are so intrinsically tied into each other. It's not just this automatic, oh, you know, well, God will do it for me. But that's the only thing he tells us to do is like, you are actually in charge of renewing your mind, you know, and you are in charge of you, like guarding your heart. And so I'm learning that there is a burden to repentance and it is a daily, you know, thing. And so it's very humbling <laughs> to be in that process. But um, I guess I guess part of repentance is now realizing those things too and change, changing my way of thinking about that even towards what repentance is itself. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just felt like that's something recently that the Holy Spirit's been showing me so in regard to repentance. So, yeah, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> it's not good. It's good. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Arissa, did you want to say something? You were, like, reaching for my... So just before she goes, um, Josh, I, I don't know how you knew this, but you were speaking directly into what we were talking about as a teaching team and where we're going next week. Because um, I, we, and this is something we all need to think differently about. Okay, you guys ready? Um, how much of us do you think God wants? Okay, you don't have to answer this question, but how much of you are you giving to the Lord? And this is where the burden of repentance comes in. We're going to talk about it next week. And if you don't want to hear it, maybe, maybe, maybe go camping or something. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. I'm going to jump in to this idea that God wants it all. And the repentance, to Josh's point, is the fruit of us giving it all to him. It's when we come to a place, and if you want to be praying and, and preparing and looking into Scripture, uh, but it's coming to a place that says, I want God more than anything else. And I want to think the way that he wants me to think more than anything else. And then dealing with the repercussions and what that actually means in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, so, yeah, Rissa, then we'll come over to you, Tina. Um, just when I had, I had three little kids under four and one of my sons was, he's just so, he was so difficult. I was like, I, I don't like this child. I just, I don't like him right now. And I was telling my pastor's wife at the time, I was like, what do I do? He does this and he's rambunctious and he's always into trouble. And like just listing every, every horrible thing about this child. And she was like, she looked at me and she was like, he's a wonderful kid. You love him, you encourage him and you hug him. And you say that to yourself all the time. Every time you're thinking those things about him, he's a wonderful kid. I need to love him, encourage him and hug on him. And that changed my thoughts about him. And I still have a note in my phone. You know, you can put like little reminders. Yeah. I think I put it in a reminder like 11 years ago. 
and it's still at the top. He's a wonderful kid. Love him, hug him, and encourage him. And now, like, I can't even list you what I told her then because I don't know. Like, I don't think about him that obviously he's yeah. changed a lot, but right. um, I do look at him and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so amazing. He's so talented. He's so gifted. He's incredible. And that's how I look at him. But at the time I was just like, oh, I hate this That's kid. so good. Riz, as you're saying that, the, the verse, the proverb that, I think it's a proverb that says, um, we have power of life and death in our, in our words, tongues. Yeah. right? And so what we speak oftentimes is the things that we're mulling around in our head, right? Mm-hmm. And so we speak out these things that we're struggling with in our heads. And so I love the fact that God gave you the gift of repentance of a different way to think. And then you actually took the, um, as to Josh's point, you took the burden of saying, okay, this is what I'm going to apply in my life. Um, And as you did that, you saw the freedom and grace. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's really good. Tina. Um, I'm Tina. And... um, I, I was actually sitting with the Lord today, and um, and it was weird because I was, you know, our days don't go like we want them to. You know, we can plan out the whole day, and it just never. Sometimes it never goes the way you want it to. You know, <laughs> and then I'm I'm a controlling person, so <laughs> I mean, some of you are probably like, "What? You're a controller?" I raised four children, and so I had to have some kind of order, and so. And part of it was like having control and doing all this and trying to make sure they had schedules and all this stuff, right? And then um, as they are leaving home and things, the Lord is like, you need to let that go now because you don't have four children to like, you know, that you're trying to raise and and nurture and all this stuff. And, and, And I'm finding it very hard. Like I'm like, that's part of my identity, of Ooh. who I, that's literally who I was. Oh. And so it's like really hard for me. And I'm struggling with, I think, losing who I am kind of, you know. And so um, the Lord was like, you need to repent of that. You know, you need to let go of it. Because to think that you're in control, it, it, there really is no such thing. Yeah. You're not, you know. <laughs> and you gotta, and you got to recognize that as a lie in your life. That you're never going to have control over so many things, and we've had so much stuff happen this summer, people dying, people getting cancer, all this, and I find myself almost imploding from it, because I'm like, I can't do it, I can't help them, I don't know what else to do, I, you know, you're trying to figure out how you can be 50 people, you know, um, to all these people, and you can't, you're only one person, and the Lord's like, you gotta let go, you know, and so I really had to repent, and then, uh, Sheila Walsh was on yesterday, and I love her. I love her, but she read the scripture, and it's from Matthew, and Matthew chapter sixteen, and it's twenty four. It's in the Message Bible. She read from it says, "Then Jesus went to to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Who wants to do that?" right? I'm like, no, I'm running as far as I can from suffering. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. And what kind of deal is it if we get everything you want, but lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your soul? 
Oof. And What's the verse? And it's Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Matthew 16. 24 through 26. 24 through 26. Yeah. So that's so good. Um, so I, good. I, it's 645, so I'm going to go ahead and close. I, here's, here's the truth. We all want control. That's the issue here. And next week we're going to talk about Okay, how much control are we giving to the Lord and how much control are we having? And are we willing to give everything that we have over to him? How do we do this? Um, and it comes from this idea of repenting. Okay, so just to recap real quick, repentance is literally to change the way you think, but it's a noun, it's a gift from God. Repent is a verb, it's an action that we do and it, it means to change the way we think from being close beside. And so my hope and my prayer is that you will never, ever think of repentance or repent different or the same. That you will always now understand that when the word of God or somebody says repent, you immediately would go, okay, I'm going to change the way I think here. And then line yourself up to what the Lord is telling you. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you um, have given us the gift of being able to have a new mind. And Lord, I pray, and I believe it's the hope of every person in this room, that we would think more like you. And as that scripture at the very beginning said, that we are transformed through ever-increasing glory-to-glory moments with you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give every person in this room, everyone listening to me, that you would give them moments where you would share how you think about a circumstance, a situation, a person, or a thing. God, that you would give all of us your thoughts for that. And as Katie so astutely said tonight, God, that we would then take those thoughts and replace our thoughts with yours. And so, Lord, help us to repent and line our thinking up with the thoughts you would have for us to think. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us the access to you through the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we don't have to try to do this in our flesh. We thank you that we don't have to do it like the people in the Old Testament had to. God, we thank you that we have that personal walking, talking relationship where we can hear from you and change our thinking accordingly. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. And everybody said... Amen.